Welcome to Dignity Leadership Podcast. I'm Rich Levine, Chief Trust Building Officer and Founder of Dignity Leadership Consulting. I practice leadership using my Master's of Science degree in Leadership and Change and a Bachelor's of Arts degree in Sociology. I've examined how people work together my entire career. In this podcast series, I want to expose the lessons I have learned through work and life with the intent to encourage more people to learn, grow, and become better leaders. Together, we can create a world of dignity. Today, we're going to talk about trust and why it's important, but way more important is how to build trust. And on my show today, I have Alicia K. Miller, the founder of Empathy Uprise. Alicia, welcome to the show. Hi. So, nice to see you. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes, it's good to have you. Can you uh, give us a quick background? What is Empathy Uprise? Oh, sure, sure, absolutely. So Empathy Uprise um, was created because I believe at a distance, love is just a theory. And as founder of Empathy Upriser and creator of Empathy Activism, uh, uh, Empathy Activism is a social movement galvanizing humanity toward greater compassion and less hate. We are on a mission to shift humanity from me to we by inspiring leaders to become empathy activists in their lives and work. Through advocacy, inclusion, and positivity, I utilize speaking, writing, and empathy workshops to shine a light on the dark parts of our lives and work. It's time to get closer. Are you ready? I'm ready. And I was recently on one of your shows. Thank you for having me on your podcast. So if you want to check it out, go to empathyuprise.com mm -hmm. and you can check out the podcast on there. You've done several shows already. Yep. Episode 14, fired up. Episode 14, you're a producer, you do it all. I mean, you're interviewer, <laughs> producer, everything. So you got it all down. So everybody's probably wondering, why do you have an empathy guru on a trust show? We're gonna get there, all right? So just hang in with us. We're gonna get through that. But so I wanna talk about trust. We've talked about this on a lot of different podcasts and I keep going back to, you know, you gotta build trust, you gotta build trust. But how do you do it, right? So this is a real world problem for me. Um, back in 2017, I think it was, 2018, 2017, uh, my employer came out and they, and I'm running a business unit and they did an all employee survey. And one of the things that came back was that we lacked trust in the organization, came back on the survey. So I'm kind of scratching my head and I pick up the phone and call the people at corporate that did the uh, survey and said, um, we, so we lack trust, how do I do this? And they looked at me like, what are you talking about? So I went out on a journey, and I think that's what led me to meet you um, through the master's program. And I started working on this thing is how to build trust. And you can validate for me, was there a course in our master's program that said, this is how you build trust? I, I think uh, Dr. Schoenbeck's class, actually, because it required um, all of us to be extremely vulnerable, if you recall. I mean, we did some pretty crazy stuff <laughs> in that class, and, yes. and so you had to really put yourself out there. Yeah. And I was entirely comfortable in that, but I know people who are more introverted were not, and it really forced them to step outside of their comfort zone. Yeah. So for me, that's, that is trust in and of itself. Yes, exactly. So that is, that is what trust is. And it wasn't, the class wasn't even titled trust. So we learned how to build it yes. through going through the experience. Uh, so what I ended up doing is going on a journey trying to solve this question for myself is how do you build trust in an organization? So 
you know, being a blue, it's what blues do. They do a bunch of research. So what I discovered is um, Gallup actually has their own world happiness poll, and they include 140 countries from around the world. And what their poll reviewed is that people would be happier if they could just get a good job. But then we start looking at it like, but most organizations reward people on performance, not trust, right? So we go in, we have all these different things, metrics. Like you want an annual performance review, right? How many widgets can you make? How many widgets can you sell? How much money did you make? Everything comes down to performance. So if you got some time, what I would recommend is going out to YouTube and Google uh, Simon Sinek, trust versus performance. And he's got a two minute and 15 second, maybe it's 17 seconds, it's right in there. And he talks about when he interviewed the Navy SEALs and he put a diagram up um, on the left side of the diagram was the performance. So the higher you were on the left side going up the scale meant you were high in performance. The farther right you went on the scale, the higher you were in trust. And what he discovered when he was interviewing the Navy SEALs is they didn't want the high performer. I mean, the Navy SEALs are probably the most respected per performance team in the world. Yeah. And what he discovered was they wanted the people that were high in trust. They wanted somebody that they could trust their wife, their life, and their money with, mm -hmm. not the performer. So that tells us everything. And then there's a book out that I enjoyed reading um, called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. And in that book, he says that trust is the glue that holds a team together. Mm -hmm. But he never tells you what trust is. Mm -hmm. So here I am reading the whole book, thinking I'm going to define what trust is, and he never gets there. And then we go to, um, so a little before then, Jack Welch. You know who Jack Welch is? Oh, sure. Yes. He was, <laughs> he was the CEO of GE for a long time, right? And everybody thought that Jack Welch was like, he's the ultimate leader. Yeah. And leadership comes in a lot of different uh, shapes and forms. But what Jack Welch did is he cut the bottom 10% of the worst performers every single year. I mean, if you didn't perform, you're cut. But what does that do? It creates a toxic culture. Yeah. It rewards individuals and it penalizes the team for a lack of trust. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, w I was thinking that as you were discussing that, I was thinking about um, the organizations that I've been in. And I was in corporate America for 26 years prior to launching Empathy Uprise uh, in 2020. And I would say that one of the things that I think a lot of people don't think about is you are as only as good as your most senior leader. So we'll say your CEO. And if your CEO is untrustworthy, most of the organization is going to mirror that behavior. So they, they then in, of themselves are going to behave in untrustworthy behaviors. So you, are, you have this trickle effect of you know, not being uh, vulnerable or transparent or trustworthy. So, and you bring up a good point, and I think the leaders in those situations think that they are trustworthy, but in fact, they're really not. We're going to kind of talk about that in today's show, but what happens is ego comes in, oh, sure. and when ego comes in, <laughs> it starts taking over, right? Right. All bets are off. All bets are <laughs> off. So I've done a little research, and one of the things I discovered is that a loss of trust in the business place equals a loss of revenue. Right. And most people have probably heard of a company called Accenture and they do some surveys. So they did a three-year survey, 2016, 17, and 18. 
they went in and surveyed 7,000 companies. And what they did is they measured growth, they measured profitability, sustainability, and somehow they figured out how to measure trust. So I'm still trying to figure that one out because my company knows how to measure trust. Obviously, I suck at it. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to rebuild it. Um, so I got to figure out how to do that. I'm, one of these days, I'm going to figure out how to measure trust. But what they came back with is that 54% of those 7,000 companies, that's over 3,500 companies, my math does me right, probably 36, 37, somewhere in there, where are my math experts? But anyway, 54% of them had a loss in trust. So they went back and they calculated out the dollar amount for those companies was over $180 billion in lost revenue mm -hmm. because of a loss in trust. Mm -hmm. So here's what I'm trying to accomplish. Um, Kevin E., how much time do we have? I didn't even see you start the clock. So what do we have left? I got to see if I can yeah, get Yeah, you didn't see that because I forgot to put it up there. So oh, <laughs> That's good. So, so Sorry about the, we're about a, 10 minutes in. I'll keep you uh, updated. So I'm going to get an extra 45 minutes today. We won't talk. To, don't put that on my bill. <laughs> so here's what I want to accomplish in the next 20 minutes because you just said I'm at 10-minute mark. Number one, what is trust? Mm -hmm. Number two, how do you build trust? And then my favorite part, number three, is trust scientific? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about what builds trust. So mostly in an organization, it's strong communication. It's a mutual definition or understanding of what trust means. And it's a common language that puts teammates on the same page. So one of the exercises I do, and I, I was working with a group not too long ago, and on day one, I sat them down and I challenged them. And I said, you need to write out your definition of trust as an individual. And I got every individual on that leadership team to write it out. And I made them each read it out. Every one of them had a completely different idea of what trust was. I said, all right, let's brainstorm. Let's popcorn this idea. Let's put it up on the board. And we did. And we started writing down, okay. And we started talking with everybody and getting them all on the same page and finding out why somebody thought one thing or another led to building trust. Well, and Rich, I want to ask you, so, so when you had them write what trust meant, do you believe they were writing to what they thought you wanted to hear or were they actually writing authentically to what it meant from them, their heart? Well, I want to believe the latter, mm -hmm. but probably they were more along the first one. It's like, what do I want to hear? Or they were thinking, what do their teammates want to hear? What do their right. peers want to hear? And so you bring up a valid point. It's, it's the vulnerability part. How do we get to that? How do we be genuine and tell somebody exactly what we think. Um, and, and once we get everybody on the same page, that cultivates a shared understanding and supports this constructive discussion. So what you're saying right there is where did they come from? And that's what we were working on is trying to get them all to be on that same page. Mm -hmm. And then, so the next question then is how do you build trust? And most people believe that trust is made or broken by quote unquote, a big event. And that's usually not it. That event seems significant because it's the last straw that breaks the camel's back. It's, it's, the, it's the end below. So everybody says that was a major event. But in reality, it's not. And research has shown us that it's multiple small actions every day contribute to either the building of or the destruction of trust in an organization. So key to this is consistency. You got to be consistent. Mm -hmm. And then there's four pieces that I believe in leadership. Go ahead. Just just like in your home life, right? I mean, it's all about consistency. And can you count on, you know, 
Bobby to uh, do his homework or mom to, to, to pick you up when she said she's going to pick you up or, you know, someone saying, you know, they're, they're going to call when they say they're going to call and work life should be exactly the same. And it ties into that consistency vein. Which, which I like what you bring up because if so for our listeners out there and you know, you might be listening from a business aspect, how do I build trust with my team in an organization? But you can apply these same concepts to how do I build trust right. with my family members? And part of then that- then that'll trickle out in the workplace too, right? If you're doing it at home, you're gonna do it at work in the workplace Well, ab- absolutely. It goes back to what you mentioned earlier about being authentic and being vulnerable. Because what we do a lot of times when we go to work is we think that, okay, I'm going to work and I'm the new manager or I'm the new leader. And you have this unrealistic expectation of what you think you should be. And then you go and you try to hit that vision in your head that's just totally unrealistic. Like earlier, you know, I want to be Batman, right? It's probably not going to happen. So I get it. <laughs> I need to come down to realistic. Let's be me. Let's be rich. Let's be the chief trust building officer, right? How do I do that? What's well, being consistent? And I need to be consistent at home. I need to be consistent at work. And being one thing at home and one thing at work right. that's different. Which is so often the case, right? <laughs> it's always the case. <laughs> but it's not consistent either. But somebody says, well, I'm always consistent at work. Yeah, but you're not like that at home. And you know what? I've had my wife call me out on this before. And she's like, you know, do you do this? She said it to me before. Do you do this at work? Is this how you act at work? I go, no, this is how I do it. And I'm like, aha. Uh, you know, the so aha we, moment. The aha <laughs> moment. Yeah, so I get called out. So that's why, uh, that's why she stuck around with me for all these years. But trust, then, is built through consistent, exchangeable interactions of skills, abilities, information, purpose, expectations, and agreements. And you can take that list, and you can apply that list to home life, work life. I mean, whatever, whatever organization you're talking about, you're able to put that into play. And then, for me, trust is reciprocal. You have to give it in order to get it. Right. Right. You can't withhold it. Exactly. <laughs> so if everybody withheld trust, what would happen? I wouldn't, there'd be no trust whatsoever, right? right? So somebody's got to start. So as a leader, um, I was recently reading another book. Um, it's called uh, Act Like a Leader, Think Like a Leader. And it says you need to go out and do the actions first before you think about it. So if we think about trust and never do it, we're never going to give it. So you got to put that action out there first, right? So the reciprocal action of giving trust, it's an action. you got to show somebody that you trust them. And then, yes? And I'm thinking about this as I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking um, as a reminder for viewers that we're all leaders in our lives. And so we have this opportunity actually to raise the bar, um, not only uh, in the workplace, but in, in the home life too. Yes. Yes. Everybody's a leader. Um, whether you think you are or not, somebody is watching you. Mm-hmm. And when they're watching you, they're following you. So that's a big piece. All right. So we're going to get to the aha moment. And I think we're probably about at the halfway point of the show, I'm guessing. We are almost exactly at halfway. So your instincts are great. My instincts are incredible. All right. (laughs) So here's the aha moment. There's three keys to building trust. So number one, you got to be honest with your thoughts, intentions. you got to be genuinely you. And you and I have talked about this, right? Mm -hmm. We just mentioned it earlier. It's, It's... going to work being the same person you are at home right. and leaving work and being the same person. Right. So it's it's back and forth. Reciprocal again, right? Mm-hmm. 
being the same in both places. Number two, solicit and understand and appreciate candid feedback. And this one is one that I think is probably very crucial and also can hurt. And I ask my team this all the time, and it takes a long time. So this is where trust comes to build up. And I'll ask them, I'll say, so Alicia, let's say you're on my team. Alicia, how am I doing? Give me some feedback. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what usually happens? They usually most like, hey, you're my boss. So they clam up. They don't tell me anything. And now I'm getting to the point where they actually understand that I'm sincere. Give me the information. Because if you don't tell me what you like or don't like, I can't make any changes. Well, and I'm also thinking about um, when you are soliciting feedback, there is a a way to actually have safe feedback, just like if you were going to have feedback in the home. And the the way is there's this whole dynamic when I'm sitting across the office from you, the door is closed. It's that nervous factor. Um, And both, you know, the person giving the feedback and the recipient receiving feedback, it's a nervous factor. So go out and get a cup of coffee. Take a walk around the building. There's other ways to actually um, receive feedback, give and receive feedback. Yes. That doesn't have to be that hard, closed door, I'm across the desk from you setting. <laughs> and, and if you do that, the hard close across the desk, what happens? You got the desk in front of you and it's a barrier. Yeah. And it says, exactly. hey, look, you're gonna fight your battle from that side of the fence, I'm gonna fight my battle from this side. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we're talking about with feedback. And I've talked about this in a couple of other podcasts. And what's really interesting is feedback is an old military term that comes from when they first put radios out in the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And so I would try to get you up on my radio, like I'm calling you in, and I'd say, hey, Alicia, and you'd hear, you know, all this stuff. And you had to turn the dial to hear me, okay? That's what we have to do as humans mm-hmm. for feedback. You have to turn the dial and hear what somebody's saying. I like that. So, yeah. So, um, what I would say is, I'm gonna do another shameless book plug right now. And <laughs> it's uh, Thanks for the Feedback by Douglas Stone and Sheila Heen. And in that book, they talk about how to learn how to take feedback. And a lot of what people say, like I might say something to you and you think I'm attacking you or, or whatever, right. but there's something in there that everybody can learn from mm-hmm. and can grow from and become mm-hmm. better. But now, the moment we've all been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I did just wanna add, I mean, uh, and, and you, I not quite sure where you're going with this but i was thinking about the way we receive feedback and a way to soften um, feedback expectations is actually to get to know one another before that right you get to you develop a relationship so you understand where someone's coming from because we're all coming from this different point of view and so it makes uh, giving and receiving feedback easier when we know one another better than just this hard cold which is, which is a valid point. And we talked about it a little bit earlier, right? You have to give trust in order to receive trust. So if you're going to sit down and start, okay, we're going to start a trust building process and I'm going to give you feedback, that's not going to go very no. well. You're not going to do this on day mm-hmm. one. So you got to start building. Right. You still got to start showing right. that you care first, yes. which is where I want to bring you into <laughs> point number three, yes. use empathy to put your words into action. So now we've discovered halfway through the show why I've brought somebody with empathy on to help build trust. And you were the one that taught me what empathy was. And I thought I knew and I didn't. Uh, But for me, it's it's empathy is our ability to share in each other's emotions, right? Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And you and I had a conversation and I was telling you one day, I said, hey, you know, um, I, I think I know what I can do. I can walk in your shoes. And you said, uh-uh, uh-uh. You remember this? Yeah, oh, you, I remember. <laughs> you cannot walk in my shoes. And I'm like, what? You can never walk in my shoes. You can walk in a pair of shoes that are just like mine right next to me, but you can never be me. So you only can come close to what I understand. And that was when I had the aha moment. I'm like, dang, now I know what empathy is. Yeah. But it took it took somebody like you to show me that. Right? So right. thank you. You're welcome. You're so welcome. Thank you. So this thank is, you for listening and trusting me. So I, I can listen. This, yes, I, I can. exactly. So there is proof that I can listen. So yes. I've been working on that. So you know, because you've been with me, that two of the things I've been working on um, is critical thinking skills yeah. and listening, becoming a better listener. Yeah. Um, but when you have people... but you and I had built trust in each other. That wasn't right. the very first conversation no, you and I had. No, 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 no. Yeah. Many, had several, many months later, yeah. yes. Yeah, exactly. So we had had several, mm -hmm. several stuff there. So you gave me feedback because I said I knew what empathy was, yeah. and you came and said, no, you don't. But you didn't say it like that. But you helped me by giving me feedback, right. and you had built trust up in me so that I could listen to you, mm -hmm. and which is a perfect example. Mm -hmm. But here's the other side of it. So let's talk about the scientific side. So empathy, I just mentioned, was ability to share in each other's emotions. But what happens when we're empathetic? When we're empathetic, oxytocin is the chemical that's released into our bloodstream, mm -hmm. and that's the feel-good hormone. And so that makes us become mm -hmm. empathetic in our actions, right? Yeah. So there's three things that oxytocin does to the human being. Number one, it makes us feel more generous. Mm -hmm. Number two, it acts as a bonding agent or glue that makes us adhere to each other more emotionally. And number three, it aids in building trust. Now, just because I release oxytocin in you doesn't mean I've built trust up with you, but right, it right. gets us to start bonding right, and feel closer to each right. other. Well, and I, as I tell a lot of people, I, I said the first step to empathy is just simply look someone in the eye and say hello to them and, and learn their name. and and state that name back and that immediately just breaks down barriers i mean it's it's incredible if you just if you just experience that moment you'll allow yourself to be really present when you do that it is amazing and you have just started to cross the bridge to trust yes and oxytocin so it helps with trust it's bonding it's mm -hmm. generosity it's those three things but there's also a couple other chemicals that can go through our body that help human beings feel good, and they're dopamine and endorphins. And with dopamine, if you can release dopamine in somebody, it makes them focus, makes them motivated, and it improves their memory. And you can do this through storytelling or how you interact. You know, So if I tell you a suspenseful story or give you a cliffhanger, right? I've gotten dopamine and, and you start going through it because you're like, you're on edge. You're yes. like, wait, you're waiting, you're waiting. You're like, come waiting. on, come on. Yes. <laughs> so I've got you focused and I got you motivated yes. and I got you remembering. Right. And then the other side is there's endorphins and endorphins come through laughter. So I'm already making you laugh. Yeah. And that really, that makes you, <laughs> and you and I did this earlier before the show started, right? I was trying to make you laugh. Why? Because it makes you more relaxed. It yes. helps you focus and it helps you become creative. Right. more creative mm -hmm. right so we got those three things so um david jp daniels i believe is the author of that little piece and it's a it's a youtube video ted talk and he calls that the angel's cocktail it's releasing good emotions mm -hmm. into your body but now the opposite can happen 
And this is how you break down trust, right? When we talk about, we went earlier, trust, you do it in incremental steps, right? You, it's reciprocal. You can give it and break it down in small steps. If you do what he calls the devil's cocktail, you're going to break down trust. And that's creating adrenaline and cortisol. So adrenaline is a hormone that's released by anything that our brain interprets as an attack. And then cortisol is a stress hormone that impacts your mood. It creates fear mm-hmm. and it, it crushes your motivation. Mm-hmm. So well, how, and, and and on that, I'm I'm thinking about body language, um, and and when we have closed body language, that essentially can shut down conversation. So it's just another opportunity to to just open yourself up, and um, it's pretty remarkable what can happen when you allow yourself to just receive. Yes. So going back to the to the uh, the human drugs mm-hmm. right the good drugs yes. and the bad drugs <laughs> so when you take um, when you take the bad drugs the devil's cocktail the adrenaline and together high concentrations of the adrenaline and the cortisol creates intolerance irritability yeah. lack mm-hmm. of creati- uh, creativity sure. highly critical thoughts um, impaired memory and bad decision making mm-hmm. and there's another book and I can't remember where it came from but I was reading about it and if you put somebody on the spot and you try to make them make an ethical decision in a very short amount of time, it creates bad decisions. And it's because you've released cortisol and adrenaline in their brain. And we're created, we're wired to do that. That's what we're wired to do. So why am I even bringing this stuff up, right? So here's why I'm bringing it up. Because when you create the devil's cocktail, you're attacking somebody, right? I'm giving you bad feedback. I'm telling you what you're doing wrong. That's micromanagement. Mm-hmm. Micromanagement sucks, right? <laughs> so we talked yes. about this. We've, we had an entire episode earlier about micromanagement and why micromanagement sucks. So that's where we're at. So what you've got to do is you've got to build trust with your team. You've got to create a safe environment where people can be themselves. They can test their own theories. They can learn from their experiences. So as a leader, you've got to create all those rules. You've got to set up the rules of engagement. You've got to establish the discipline. And then you've got to let them do their job. So you've got to fight the micromanagement tendencies. So how do you do that? Empathy. Mm-hmm. Empathy is the number one way to do it. Mm-hmm. So what I believe in, here's the quick tips. You need to check on, not check in. So I need to ask you, right. Alicia, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Versus, Alicia, do you have that report done yet? Right. That's checking in, yes. right? Nobody wants that. And the higher you are in an organization, the more empathy you need to exude oh. because this is a waterfall effect. And then you need to drop the rhetoric. Mm -hmm. You need to lead with actions. You need to show your team that you're empathetic and that you care. Mm -hmm. It's not just about your voice. When you make a commitment, you build hope. When you keep it, you build trust. And that is unknown. I don't know who wrote that quote, but I found it online and I love it. I love it too. <laughs> I love it. So with that, I just got the uh, the one minute warning from our producer, Kevin. <laughs> no, that was two minutes. Now you got one. Two minute. minute. Now we got one minute. K E P X. Kevin E, the Monster Millennial producer. So with that, we're going to close it out. I want to thank our guest today, Alicia K Miller from Empathy Uprise. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Pleasure. And with that, if you want some more information, and you want to find me again. My name is Rich Levine. I am the chief creator of trust. You can find me at DignityLeadership.com. That's Dignity-Leadership.com. And on our homepage, you can click on any four icons for Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. With that, we've had another great show. I appreciate everybody listening, and thank you.